Hello, Jay here. If I could ask, could you give us a little five-star rate in Apple Podcasts? Go on, please. It won't take long. You can just do it now. That'd be lovely. And share the podcast. Tell your friends. Appreciate it. And on today's show, we're talking to Phuket's very own Jack Cousteau, Pete Atkinson. Originally from the UK, Pete set anchor in Phuket 10 years ago. Pete's journey to Phuket took him around the world on a yacht for 23 years, shooting underwater photos, swimming with sharks and living the dream of being Jack Cousteau. Pete is one of the most interesting people that we've ever met and there are so many stories that we didn't get time to hear about. He doesn't even like sailing. Pete could easily be the first guest to have a part two and a part three. We like Pete. Great sense of humour and a great outlook on life. I love this story. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast. Are you going to say anything now? Hello, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in an odd mood. I know. Russell's... Um, I'm sorry. I haven't had anywhere near enough caffeine today. So, cheers. Cheers. Um, we're with Pete Atkinson today. The famous photographer. The legend. The legend. <laughs> the legend that is Pete Atkinson. How are you today, sir? Very well. I've just had lunch, so I'm a legend in my own lunchtime. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Pete, when did you get to Phuket? Ten years ago. And what was the reason you came here? We bought a house here 15 years ago on a whim. So you're a bit uh, late. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're rather late. But I have to tell the backstory to ending up in Thailand at all. I lived on a yacht for 23 years. I spent 20 years sailing around the South Pacific. I applied for and got a distinguished talent visa for Australia. What, what, what? A distinguished talent visa. So now Australia. I want to know, what was the distinguishing talent? I, Underwater photography. Oh, no, uh, see, I wanted to tell the whole story. You were on the stage and, and Simon Cow was there. Pressed <laughs> the big button and you won. So, so you, we've got a lot to unpack here, but carry we on. Have, we have, we have. We started the wrong end, really. We should have started, you know. <laughs> the bishop. Yeah, that happened to me last night as well. Um, so. my sex tape. Yeah, uh, but I'll tell the story first. So I was 23 years on a yacht. I got this distinguished talent visa for Australia and I sailed to Cairns because it was close to the Barrier Reef. I'd never been to Australia before, I'd never been to Cairns. Sorry, 23 years on a boat. Yeah, my and own missed boat. Australia. I, well, yeah, because <laughs> it's I a left. a small it. island. Yeah, I, I sailed from England and Polynesia is beautiful mm-hmm. and it's good diving. And, you know, Australia was, I, I just wanted other a, end. a base. Yeah, yeah, it was the other end. I wanted a base near the South Pacific where I didn't have to move every four months or six months because my visa ran out. Right, I gotcha. And I was in London for a, a wildlife photography competition and I met a German guy and I said, Jürgen, where are you living? Oh, I live in Cairns, I got a distinguished talent visa. And I thought, I've never heard of a distinguished talent visa. Anyway, I applied for it, got it, and sailed to Cairns. And I'm sure in Australia, just speaking English would be a distinguishing talent. No, they don't speak English there. Exactly, yeah. so if you could speak English, that would be a distinguishing talent to get you in. Hollywood, just being civilized. <laughs> anyway, so I put the boat out for sale. I bought a nice three-bedroom house. I was earning a lot of money from stock photography then. And one day I got an email 
that said, my dive instructor says you can teach me underwater photography. So I replied and said, look, if you're in Cairns, let's meet for a coffee and have a chat. Anyway, the next day I got another email. Oh, by the way, I'm 24, Thai and female. And I was 48, English, never married, always looking for a cute girl who could model underwater and was interested in photography. By day three, she was in Sydney. We were married. Yeah. No. <laughs> Almost. Uh, but um, So she was in Sydney, a thousand miles away. By day three, we were on video cam. At the end of the week, I proposed to her, having never met her. No way. Yep. And she said yes. And we've just celebrated our 15th wedding anniversary. Wow, you Ipswich boys. Dude. Yeah. 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 Yeah, don't call attractive boys for nothing. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're really slow. Yeah. Um, slow, but you so, know, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of talk. But there, once we're it? in there, we're yeah, exactly. in. Yeah. Um, wow, that was the best thing I ever did in my life. Anyway, we stayed in Australia long enough for her to um, get an Australian Marry passport. You. Yeah, well, <laughs> we got married three months after I'd proposed to her. Um, we stayed there until we could move freely, and then we. The first year we met, we came to Phuket to have a look around and we saw some houses for sale and we thought, oh, we'll buy one of those. Seemed quite cheap. It was only 60% finished, but my wife's brother is an architect and he said, yeah, it'll be a really nice house when you get rid of this wall, get rid of this room, yeah. put windows, All of that. which is what we did. Um, so we live in Patlock and we've had yeah. the house now 15 years. I live there. And we love it. Yeah, it's a good. Um, I like that side of the island. It's very nice, very quiet, quiet inexpensive. We have no noise from dogs, chickens or the US. Yeah, I mean, if dogs are a pain. Yeah. 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 I mean, anyone who's in the dog business is an idiot. Well, yeah, idiots, I like To be fair. We have a kitten. We yeah, love a kitten. Cats are so much better. No, they're, and they're smarter, <laughs> aren't they? Oh, of course they're smarter. Yeah. I mean... Fucking stink. <laughs> I mean, you don't have cat training schools, do you? That's how, you know, because yeah, they're smart. Yeah, they're smart. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking should. <laughs> right, so let's unpack Look, all of this. Dogs have owners, <laughs> cats have staff. Um, so originally from the UK, yeah. Ipswich. Ipswich, born, born and bred. Um, where At what did, point did you jump on the boat? Yeah, this okay. is what... So th- let's, okay, let's let me, let the me boat tell bit. you the story. And also, before we get to the boat bit... Um, I want to know how you got into photography, or is that part of the boat bit? Um, I've never had any training in sailing or photography. I know a lot of yachts and a lot of photographers who will say exactly the same thing. <laughs> okay, so it's yeah. not unique. Okay, when I was about five years old, I was obsessed by fish and fishing. Um, and when I was a teenager, I saw Jacques Cousteau's underwater films, and I wanted Jacques Cousteau's life. And I applied to do marine, marine zoology at Bangor University, and they wanted three. Oh, which university? Bangor, Bangor in North Wales. Wales. I tried Which was the second best for marine biology at that time. And they said, yeah, you can come and do marine zoology, but we need three C's at A level. I got a B, an E, and a fail. Oh. Not so no, no. good. Tell me, tell me the three subjects. We've got to guess which one was the B, oh, the E, and the okay. fail. So okay. what, what the three subjects? Um, biology, physics, and chemistry. Oh, chemistry God. was the fail. Yeah, absolutely. Well, biology <laughs> was the B. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> the other one that you've forgotten. Yeah, the other one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Physics. Physics. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, you, you see, I'm so transparent. Yeah. You did three science A-levels. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, Ipswich boys. Not like Bentley. Oh, I, did, I, I, did, I did two, but I failed chemistry as well. So. All right. Yeah. 
Anyway, I did biology. I, I needed a year I did well before I got kicked out, so that doesn't... <laughs> anyway, at university, it was the first time in my life education has been interesting. So I did well enough in the first year. They let me transfer to the zoology, marine zoology course, and I got a 2-1. And when I graduated, I was lucky enough to get a job in the zoology department as a technician. At the university? At the university. Okay. And on the strength of that... I was able to buy a house in North Wales, a three-bedroom terrace house. It's North Wales, to be fair, so yeah. probably a week's <laughs> worth of wages. £5,300. Is that what it was? <laughs> Ridiculous. It was a ruin. Anyway, I renovated it, I sold it, and I bought my first boat, which was a 35-foot classic yacht. Turn out at the back of the book there. Uh, we, 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 for for the listening, black and white. That's a beautiful looking yeah. boat. It was a very beautiful classic yacht built but, in. But where did that come from? It was why? in Limington. No, no, no. no yeah, yeah, why? Because you. Uh, what do you mean? That's down my way. But you were. Um, sorry, I'm working in Bangor <laughs> as a technician. Bang, no, yeah. he banged her. As a, and was working her. <laughs> yeah. As a technician. Yeah. The zoology department. Yeah. And then one day, welcome. I thought, fuck me, I'm going to go buy a boat. Well, no, no. I bought the house to renovate it. In order to have enough money to buy a boat. But why but did you want to buy? Oh, because, because you wanted the I, Jack Cousteau the life. Lifestyle. And you've never one. sailed before. No, no, that was a mere detail. And that's the first boat you bought and you'd never sailed before. Yeah, I, had a, I had a dinghy at Bangor that okay. I bought for 50 quid. Um, <laughs> that was homemade by somebody else. It was like an inflatable from Mazda <laughs> no, or something. <laughs> anyway. Um, but, but, but the thing is, in those days, there was no YouTube or anything. But there were books. So I read every book I could about cruising. And it seemed not that difficult. Yeah, how it, hard could it be? In right. all fairness, right. it isn't it that. Be? You've got a stick and a bit of rope. That's all you need to know about sailing. That's right. So I'm with well, you on that sales, one. I'd go with. But, oh, you, should work, you should work for sand sail. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Five years of my life. I loved <laughs> but it, though. But I'm never gonna, yeah. I do love sailing. And that boat on the back of your... Isn't it gorgeous? Oh, this is your book here, yeah, obviously, yeah. that we've got here that um, the listener can't see. It is a gorgeous looking boat. It's a beautiful boat. You bought it from Limington, which is down your way and down my way now. Where are you from? I'm from Bournemouth, Bournemouth, oh, right. town, okay. so. And when I go back now, we were talking off air about me going back to Essex. When I go back now, I go back to the New Forest just outside yeah. Limington, which oh, is where right. my parents live. Oh, lovely. So yeah. there we go. But it's a nice part of the world. Yeah, Crap no. sailing, but it's a lovely part so, of the world. <laughs> so anyway, I bought the boat there. I fixed it up. I sailed it to Ireland and back and worked on a dredging barge over the winter and then sailed to Portugal. Okay. And I was met there by my girlfriend from Bangor University, and she just finished her PhD. You don't want to know the subject of the PhD? Yes. Proopio melanocortin related peptides in the rainbow trout. Which is the kind of thing I was expecting you to say. <laughs> I got the rainbow trout bit, I think, at the end. So, P- anyway, PPE. So, anyway, I, I sailed across. Oh, like the face masks <laughs> yes. for yeah. trout. The fish. Wow. I, I sailed across the Atlantic with her. And just. Calm down. What was that like? That must have been scary. Well, 26 days. I'll tell you why it was scary. Because we had no VHF radio. <laughs> we had no in-date flares. We had no life raft. Sounds no like in- a sunset holiday to me. Yeah. <laughs> How long had you been together at this no point? No insurance. Um, uh, six years, probably. Oh, okay. So you, all right. So. Yeah. I mean, she was fantastic. Mm. Very smart. So smart, in fact, that when we arrived in Antigua, she ran off with somebody taller, better looking... Richard, with a bigger boat. Well, that, that answers my next question as to how that played out, but now we know. <laughs> Whereabouts in Antigua did you? Um, English Harbour. Yeah, beautiful place. I love yeah, Antigua. Yeah, we were there for a year. Well, the boat was anchored in Falmouth. Was Shirley Harbour. Heights there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shirley Heights was a... It's a mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's you, not a woman, just... Well, no, yeah, we just... Correct, but we used to go the there every Sunday. They used to have the reggae party at Shirley Heights. We used yeah. to go up there on Sunday afternoon it started. 
by about nine o'clock you'd be at home drunk as a Care- skunk. Careful. Oh, they're all right. They're fine. Kids are here today. <laughs> um, and I loved Antigua. And the sailing yeah. around there was beautiful. And English Harbour's stunning. Yeah, no, it was... It was, And this was in 1983, 84. Yeah, you were Sorry, born, just, Russ. Just, just about. Um, so you've got your boat, yacht. You're sailing. You've taught yourself how to do that. This is all part of... And how long, how long have you been sailing at this point? Um, I don't mean the 26-day trip. I mean, just in general. Um, a, a, just over a year, really. Right, okay. So it's a hell it. of a crossing to do yeah, with no just, experience. Well, it, it's all downwind and there's nothing to <laughs> so hit. It's all downhill. <laughs> yeah. But and I, we had no self-steering gear either. I was so using sheet to tiller arrangement, cut a rib. As to, you do. To, uh, as just, you. Had a, just head that way and we'll be all right, love. Um, <laughs> and a plastic sextant. From oh, oh, what? Sorry, sextoy? Uh, That's what I heard. Plastic sextant bought oh, a Bewley boat jumble for 20 wow. quid. Wow. What could possibly go wrong? So, I, I, but this was all a part, you know, I want Jack Cousteau's life, right? So yeah. where does the scuba diving come into this? I bought a compressor and put it on the boat. I had dive tanks. My, my girlfriend then was a diver. And I would take, I, when I was 17 years old, 47 years ago, I built my first underwater camera housing to put a camera underwater. When I was at university, I built two more camera housings. <laughs> um, and I started taking pictures. I submitted them to a stock photo library, Planet Earth Pictures. And, um, you know, I've been doing stock photography my whole professional life. Stop. <laughs> Time the fuck out. <laughs> I just randomly built a secure waterproof housing for my camera. When was this? The, uh, tell me the decade rather than well, let me I, guess. I, um, 57, um, 1970. So in the 70s when, I mean, camera technology wasn't brilliant at that stage. No, the first one was for an Instamatic, Kodak Instamatic. The next one was from an SLR film camera. So how did... What did you use? How did you do acrylic, it? Acrylic, acrylic, half inch acrylic, cut and glued, tensile seventy two parts. And cement. did you do this because you thought I could go <laughs> into? Yeah, yeah, shut my, up. And my, my, okay, my father was a polymer physicist. Obviously. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and my mother was a social worker, but you know he was able to help me with some of the technology. Um, were these things not available to buy? And oh yeah, they were. They were, but I wanted features that commercial housings weren't then offering, such as. Um, TTL, uh, TTL flash, but with the sensor in the housing, because it was not done by the camera in those days. It was done by a sensor, um, a reflective yeah, yeah, yeah. light sensor on the flash gun. But I took the sensor off the flash gun and put it in the camera housing and wired it up. That was one feature I wanted. Did you not um, like create as, as as this was then new technology? Hmm. Did you like create a prototype and I'll sell that on to? No, I, I don't really have a business mind. Right, okay. <laughs> uh, and the, the other thing is that the flash guns were held on arms, and I mm-hmm. made the first bendy arms um, used underwater, which were That is an actual technical term. Yeah, no, because CNC made them later, but I, I used microphone goosenecks, you know, covered with heat shrink tubing, so that you could just move the flash gun wherever you wanted it, and it would stay there. Do you, do you still get creative now and tinker with stuff? Yeah, it's, in, t- your, it's in your brain. Yeah, I'm, yeah, a, yeah. I'm a tinkerer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be sure, yeah. I've just been to a horrors for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> tinkerer and a drinkerer. Um, okay, so you've crossed the Atlantic on a boat that you just randomly bought because you wanted to be Jack Cousteau. Uh, you, Jack. Get to, you get to Antigua. I worked on a motor yacht for a year to make some money. 75 quid a week. 75 dollars a week. Um, my girlfriend ran off with somebody else 
and I sailed alone to Panama. Went wow, to... what was that? Sailing alone is a scary. Or did you did you enjoy that? The great thing of... about sailing alone is you don't worry about the other person falling overboard. That is true. So there's and you can one sail naked one. if you want to. Clothes are for. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so then from Panama to French Polynesia, thirty-four days on my own, on a boat with no refrigeration, no cold beer. But I never drank at sea anyway. I like the way you say it. There was no refrigeration. Most people are thinking, oh, so what did you do for food? And you're thinking, no cold beer. What did you do for food? Are you fishing? Yeah, yeah. But the problem with fishing is that you everything you catch is a meter long. And I had no refrigeration. So you eat fish for breakfast, lunch and dinner for two days. And then you try drying the rest. And that's, you know, you salt it and dry it in the rigging. And it's, it's not successful usually. Um, so that what yeah. So you get fed up with fish after two days of, you know. And the other thirty-two days, you must have taken a lot of bags of peanuts with you, or a lot of tins I know, of baked probably, beans. Probably, yeah. No, you have dried food and, and tin food, and I had, had a bottle of champagne, Verfico champagne <laughs> that my my girlfriend friend in Antigua had given me. And, it was a parting uh, gift. Yeah, and we drank it warm in the Marquesas. <laughs> Oh, I'm not a champagne I, fan anyway. Yeah, though. I didn't, you know, I wasn't um, cognizant of how posh it was. When you went on this expedition alone, did you know where you were going or was it just... Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I knew I was going to the Marquesas and I, I saw the Galapagos as I went past, but I didn't stop. Why would you not stop there? Would because that... I only carried 35 gallons of water, you know. Right. Which, and water was scarce on Galapagos to, to get hold of it. A top tip for you, get one of those tortoises, turn them upside down, hollow them out, and you've got a bowl to catch the water. Yeah, but there's no rain. Oh, <laughs> but, okay, that's fair enough. But, you know, oh, when well. it rained at sea, I could catch water and put it in the tank. But, and you were only allowed 72 hours at that st- stage. And I, you couldn't explore the Galapagos because you needed a guide on board and it cost money. And So I, I continued to the Marquesas. And um, arriving there was like, you know, all my dreams rolled into one. You know, French Polynesia is the most beautiful place I've ever been in my life. And it's very civilized, cultured, sophisticated. And I'm, I managed to go back to the Marquesas many years later, sailing from New Zealand. And that was 36 days, but in the southern latitude. So it was freezing cold, yeah. terrible weather. But you must. Did you not go crazy at any time? Or did you not? Because being what do you mean go crazy. I was say, he's not exactly saying. No, but did you? Was there any point where it just got too, too much. much? Because okay, I've no, done a no. I've done a three day trip on a yacht, right? Which is nothing, and that's going. This was a sneaky trip from. Um, we went from Greece to Turkey, and we were smuggling stuff in from Greece to Turkey, and I. It was a sunset trip. But it was obviously cheaper to put stuff into Greece because there was it was EU at the time, yeah. and then we would put it on the yachts, and then we would sneak it into Turkey without having them to pay the. the obviously, that never happened. Allegedly, I didn't do it. <laughs> but three days on the yacht for me, just that constant, just roll when you only go, and we were motoring most of the way as well, and it was just mind-numbingly boring. boring. Yeah. Did you not go stir crazy at any point? No. Um, the first chapter of my book is all about that passage. And it's probably the most enjoyable trip I've ever done in some ways. You, you become a sort of, uh, it becomes a sort of meditative state, yeah. you know, in a way. And the closeness to nature, 
it, it was it was a lovely thing to have done. I guess you, it, maybe it's one of those things you're going to go one way or the other. I mean, you you know before you set off what's coming. It's not yeah. like you sort of got landed into it. Yeah. That would be different. So you know I've got a month on this boat. It's going to be me and fuck all else. Yeah. So you can, to some degree, mentally prepare yourself for it. Yeah. When you're into it, yeah, I'm sure you maybe have those moments where you are kind of thinking, uh, what? But you don't have choices because you can't turn around and go back. Exactly, the yeah. Because <clears throat> then um, you're sailing back uphill. Yeah. And at the, at the end is this sort of nirvana of French Polynesia yeah. that band. I've dreamed about, about for so long. So... Were you diving? Oh, obviously, you, you were diving while you're on the boat alone, or not? You had yeah, yeah. I dived mostly alone. Okay. Much better for taking pictures. Not great for safety. And, and yeah. No, it's better for safety. I think I could make it because you're not worried about where the other person is. Well, you're not dependent on the other person. And if I was doing drift dives in the passes in the two oh, motors, what, 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 what? Drift doing dive. drift dives. All right, I'm not on my the current. Own. Thank you. Yeah. I was going to um, ask the professional the diver. Um, you know, I would be tethered to my dinghy my homemade rowing dinghy it's two and a half meter rowing dinghy i made in the marquesas of plywood stitch and glue i would drift dive with that overhead so that was on a polypropylene row so when i came up i always had a boat to get into if there's any dive professionals listening other dive professionals listening i'm fairly confident i could be wrong i'm fairly confident they're banging their head against the wall saying diving alone is not safe you shouldn't be doing it I think if there's any professionals listening on any other... I mean... I'd be amazed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. So you were taking pictures at the time, right? But back in yeah. the day... Okay, you're at sea for however long you're at sea yeah. for. Back in the day, it's all films. Yes. So you're not developing them no. there. No. So what are you doing with all... And where you get... Are you taking a load of 35 no. millimeter films with you? And Yeah, yeah. And then putting them in the little cases, in the little plastic pots, yeah. and storing them for when you ever get to that's land? That's right. When I, when I arrived in French Polynesia the second time, I had something like 30 rolls of, of film, which I could get processed in Papiete. In where, where, where? In Papiete, in Tahiti, the capital right. of Ta- Tahiti, which was lucky. And Spot I processed the them all at huge expense, and I looked at them on my light box, and I thought, oh my God, they're all a stop underexposed. And then I found out a way to measure my homemade light box, and it was actually a stop dark. Which is why they looked <laughs> looked too. Right, dark. you've got very technical then, and I'm okay. looking at you going, okay. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so <laughs> long story short, uh, you fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know that because my light box wasn't the correct brightness to view transparencies on. But f- for example, I there's a pl- um, the most magical place for me in the South Pacific is a place called Beverage Reef, and there's no land. It's four miles long, two miles wide but you can get inside and anchor in shallow water, sand bottom, very, very clear water, lots of sharks. Quintessential place. Oh, good Yay, one. I good like what one. you did there. there. I like what you did I there. I have a picture we, from we, Barry we should mention in, this in the, 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 the quintessential. No, 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 ju- don't. Well, no, don't. no. Just leave it out there. I would leave it out there. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, 60 plus meter visibility, maybe 80 meter visibility. Sharks closer than you are to me. Well, we just Absolutely. to say for COVID restrictions, we are at least one meter distance. Oh, that's right, yeah. So close than a meter. <laughs> um, where was I what sort of sharks story? were they? Grey reef sharks. Oh, okay, okay. And white tips there as well, but yeah. grey reefs. But we were feeding them. You say we? Yeah, because I had a friend. Well, the first time I was there with my you girlfriend. Had Wilson, was he a ball? Wilson. Did you, <laughs> did you put a handprint on it? Yeah. No, I've been there alone and fed sharks. I mean, you, you have to feed sharks. 
the fish that you hadn't eaten on the boat. Well, that's, that's <laughs> right. All the dregs of the fish yeah. you ate on the boat. The thing is, but sharks behave better than dogs any day of the week. Well, we've already mentioned that dogs are yeah. assholes. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a shark yeah. training school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're, 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 they're very good. Particularly there's some current. Anyway, I would love to do that. So Beverage Reef is, is great because of this very clear water. Uh, one of the few places I'd really love to go back to. Uh, but it's difficult to get there because you can't, you know, there's no land. This adventure is amazing. And, and you still haven't got to Australia yet. No, no. I, I went to New Zealand in, a, in 1986. Love nice, they're nice and Australians, a little bit. A lot. Look, look at the government in, <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, let's in New not, Zealand. Let's not get into politics. <laughs> yeah. Can't be doing okay. that. Not, not today. Okay. Not after what we've had to deal with this morning. Nah. <laughs> it's been a nightmare. Uh, we'll go back to that. After. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Over the years, I did the trip between New Zealand and the islands 25 times, including delivery, yacht deliveries. Um, so New Zealand in the summer became my second home. I'd go to Whangarei usually, hang out there for a few months, and then sail back to the tropics. Fiji, Tonga, Beverage Reef, um, twice back to French Polynesia. Um, Can I just jump in momentarily? With, with, in all of this trip, without asking the, the quirky question, what were you doing for funding? Photography. So and all of those pictures, you're getting them developed, so and, and yeah, and right. writing writing articles for magazines. Okay, you were writing stuff, but how are you getting it? Yeah, to I was doing it on a typewriter and sending it by mail wow. with transparencies to magazines all over the world. Of course, the digital thing has completely changed the way that's yeah. done. That's amazing. But, I mean, that's, but that's what I wanted to tap into because. Yeah you've landed somewhere like you've gone to Tahiti you've got your yeah. 30 rolls of film yeah. processed fingers crossed something comes out of that yeah you've then got to copies articles yeah physically lick Make, the stamps bosh off exactly. it goes yeah and that takes how many weeks days whatever to get to where yeah. it's got to go it's then so, it's coming back so you're yeah but there's a big difference in those days the magazines paid well now when I do it I can send the things immediately and they pay peanuts right in a way, I'd much rather do it this way. Yeah. When I, when I got to Tonga after a trip to Beverage Reef, I had great shots, I was sure. There was no processing in Tonga for E6 film, so I'd send it to New Zealand, and then you'd wait two weeks for it to come back. Well, if you saw the, the post office in Vavao in Tong, Tonga, you'd think, why would you ever trust anything to go? <laughs> you know, it had post dressed on. I was looking for mail for James Cook because I thought maybe they still had some <laughs> post for him left over. It's, it was like that. You know, it's just, Excellent. Um, anyway, I never lost film. Did you have any family uh, in, in the UK that were missing you? or? Did I had three sisters. Does that answer your question? Oh, <laughs> no. First part, at least. Yeah, yeah. And, and parents. No, I, my, my mother was very good. She You're always, the youngest? Yeah, the youngest yeah. of four. Oh. My mother was very good. She always valued freedom above everything. But when I think about... Yeah, there's freedom and there's fucking going. (laughs) When I think about the the angst that they must have gone through when I was a month with no communication to that first collect call from French Polynesia. (laughs) I mean, Um, mean, I've worked overseas most of my life and I remember when I first went out, you you were writing, and I was writing letters and stuff. And, and, you know, you you might get the odd phone call, but phone calls were so expensive. Yeah, Yeah, they were. You know, and one, you had to find a phone that you could use to start with. It's incredible how how we just did that, and now, like you said, things just happen like that. People yeah. want things automatically. Yeah. yeah. Whereas back then, it just took time. But how are you getting paid if you send these off yeah. your articles? The, 
they would pay into my UK account. But then how you? Because you didn't have internet banking at the time. No, or? but I had a Visa card, I think, which I could then oh, get a cash okay. advance on. Right. Okay. So I go into a bank in Suva somewhere. somewhere and get a cash advance on a, a Visa card. In 19, uh, 1998, I was accepted by Getty Images, which was a, yep. a yeah, yeah. stock photo agency. And my income, as a result of being with Getty, went through the roof. And suddenly, I was making, you know, when I, when I was first in the Pacific, I figured I was living on £2,000 a year. And Getty were making a lot of money. I, I'm not sure I should mention. I, in 2004, I was in, in Suva at the Yacht Club picking up my mail. And I just got a, a monthly statement from Getty, 13,000 quid. Wow. One month. That's incredible. Yeah. So that was the heyday, but ha- it's not like that anymore. That, yeah. so, so how does that work? So you're taking the pictures and you're sending them to Getty, and you see the, the word Getty on a lot yeah. of the, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. sport pictures, yeah, I yeah. see them mainly. Yeah. So how does it work? You send them the picture, and then they sell it. They license it. Right, they don't okay. sell it. So they, they lend it to somebody to use for a particular use. And in the old days, they would license for ad- advertising for a fee that sort of reflected the use. So you could get a thousand or two thousand or three thousand um, dollars for a use. But now, because the world's flooded with great pictures, mm. um, prices are low, really low. Sure. You know, I get sales reports with two cents yeah. for a picture use, which is outrageous. You know, I think the minimum fee should be. The price of a cup of coffee, frankly. Um, and coffee's expensive. And coffee's expensive, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Wait, a nice cup of seven, coffee. 7 Eleven, 25 I love the stuff. I love yeah. 7 Eleven. Oh, well, we started yeah. on that. I Fucking love it. No, we interviewed, no, we interviewed <laughs> Danny from, from Coffee Lab, who knows his coffee. I mean, yeah. he really knows coffee. And I was, I, I embarrassed myself just by saying, well, look, it's great, but 7 Eleven, 25 baht, mate. Happy days. Yeah, it's great. I wish they sold grand coffee at 7 Eleven. When you're taking, you've not been trained as a photographer, no. so are you just learning as you go and just taking well, pictures and, and initially, adjusting? Initially, I was doing um, natural history, and because I was a marine zoologist, I knew what I was looking at. I could look it up, or I could understand behaviour. I knew what to look for. Um, but of course, in Phuket, you know, I, I don't work here, but there, there are no fish here anyway because they've all been eaten. But there are lots of attractive women, so I, I tend to photograph them instead. <laughs> <laughs> the underwater photography is, is stunning and, and I've thank seen you, the, the stuff you do and it is you know I mean I take pictures but mine is social media stuff which is just for fun the, your pictures just pop and mm. I was talking to my daughter Zahara who's here about what you do and she was you know really enthralled to see some of the underwater stuff but now you'd have to change what you do and we've kind of segued right up to, to, to now in Phuket so what are you doing now are you just kind of still doing underwater photography or i, I am but it's not a living you know um Fun. you know i say i still earn royalties from getty from stuff i've done in the past but um the the, the great thing about thailand one one reason i love being here is there's so much talent here in all the, the women creative are hot. yeah you're right um um and i love that atmosphere and I do my own thing. I'm photographing swimming pools at the moment for fun. And I enjoy Hence it. Hence why you was at Blue Tree the other day when I saw you. Exactly, yeah. But they are stunning pictures and you make it just pop. I don't know what you're doing, yeah. but it's... Yeah, I mean, because I've been doing underwater photography for 45 years or more, I'm trying to get things, you know, I'm sort of learning to get things right. 
um, <laughs> almost. So those kind of pictures, I think I can do better than anybody else at the moment. I mean, I could teach somebody to do that in five minutes, but you know, I'm not allowed. But where's to the fun of that? Yeah, well, we, exactly. <laughs> do you miss the, the the moving around and that trying to transient life? I don't like have? sailing. You don't like sailing? Never have. Um, it's like Andre Agassi. Hated playing tennis. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. All right. Hated it. Um, but I love the places that you can go, like Beverage Reef, Tonga, Fiji. You fly there now, right? So. <laughs> well, you can't fly to Beverage Reef. Actually, the best parts of those places you can't fly to or get to very easily. That's what um, makes them good. Yeah. Um, more recently, we when we lived in Australia for six years, Darren and I, Darren, my wife and I, and we went to Cocos Keeling in the Indian Ocean for 13 weeks, two visits, which is part of Australia, but it's a, a, an atoll in the middle of the Indian Ocean. And it's lovely, you know, it's, it's Australian, but it's still lovely. Uh, <laughs> um, Beautiful, but... <laughs> um, we start back very quickly. So you've been married, sorry, 15 years. Yeah. 2005, six, you got married. Just go. Let's just dive into that a little bit without being too personal. But you've three days in, proposed a week later. Yeah, we got married three months after I proposed. I mean, and, fair play for a start. And we're, and we're, we're, yeah, we're still married. Um, and sometimes, she, Russell, sometimes people find love like that. They're not like you and I. Okay, they find love and it truly means something. Which is probably why we're struggling to comprehend it. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it must have been a little bit quirky. I mean, there's a question here somewhere I can't yeah, yeah, grasp. This is a man okay. who just bought a boat and never sailed before and then sails across the Atlantic. True. Yeah, look at it this way. It was an arranged marriage, but we arranged it. Fair enough. I can okay. get my head around because that. Because on paper, you know, she's a com- com- communication arts graduate from Chilangongo. What was she doing in She was doing a business, uh, business something uh, diploma, business marketing diploma. Okay. Um, and so I got this email and replied and blah blah and then she gave up the business marketing diploma and moved to Cairns and we lived together there and we had quite a nice life in Cairns we had um, very interesting friends so all expats and we have we've jumped around over shop I love this yeah. is how it is when you was in Cairns were you, you were photographing photographing yes. then I was a photographer there yeah. and I was um, a, a friend of ours was Mike Ball who owned a big dive company and when he had space, he'd take us for a, a rate that I could afford to pay to go to the Barrier Reef. So we'd go to the Coral Sea and Barrier Reef. So I had lots of opportunities to take pictures. But obviously, you know, there's a lot of photographers there. Yeah. Um, you know, I could do a, a good job because I knew what I was doing. Um, and I was still making a good living from Getty at that time. With, with Getty, and it's another question that I, I had in my brain, do they ask you to take certain pictures or is it just whatever you think they do, but I don't. So <laughs> okay. I send them what I want, what I want to do, and um, but they do have like requests, and that at the moment they ask, they they'll say like Nestle has a campaign at the moment. They want pictures of pets, cats, I think. Love cats. Yeah, I love cats too. They're amazing. Some shit animals then. <laughs> um, but I've never I've never submitted to them. So basically, basically I I do what inspires me and if they sell fine but you know these days it's not really a consideration okay and we did catch up 
We've interviewed Liam, who's, you know, the photographer, my Liam. My friend. Your friend. And we also interviewed Stan. Oh, my friend. Who, who, Double. Uh, the, only da- <laughs> the only downside about them both, they're both gorgeous, lovely people, but they both like dogs, which is an issue. But well, well, it's a French bulldog. It's so a French, it doesn't yeah, really count. It's, it's almost a cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you were the reason that they, they got yeah, together. Yeah, that was very cute. It's a good story. <laughs> I, I met Stan at um, an opening of the Wedding Bliss office. Um, a wedding planner and um, she was interested in having some pictures done so I take pictures of her and she didn't immediately have an impact on me but we did a few shoots together and she had an impact on me alright and had I been younger better looking taller richer and much more talented and single as it turns out the taller doesn't really matter (laughs) but that's (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what I've had I mean, she's a deeply, deeply impressive woman. Um, and I like Liam very much. He's a super guy. And nice I, I, knew, I knew that she was single-ish, and he was single. And I said, you have to have lunch together, and I'll come too. And we had lunch nipper <laughs> I'll come too? Well, no, I had to chaperone her. You know, the ge- ever the gentleman. <laughs> you're from Essex. You wouldn't know anything about that. No, you're right. You're, you're dead right. Absolutely. Anyway, so we had lunch together. And they didn't really hit it off immediately, but pretty soon they were They in, did. In oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Slow burn, and but wow. I, I, I tell you what, I really admire Liam because he taught her wedding photography and she had natural talent mm. and she's as good as anyone. <clears throat> and, you know, that would have taken a lot of patience and dedication. And, you know, they're the power couple of wedding photographers. No, they, they were Because yeah. I met Liam before he got with Stan and then I met Stan... Oh, right. When she was doing a couple of weddings, because I was working as the DJ oh, for Jeanette. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. So at that time, you know, that's where I met them both. But yeah, then we interviewed them both on this podcast, and they yeah. both said the same story. So you're, you're Cupid. <laughs> yeah. You're Jack Cousteau Cupid. Does that work? My wife would say, but she'd use a different letter at the front of Cupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> um, I got a couple of questions before we um, get into some other stuff. What's your favorite underwater animal to shoot? Sharks. When we um, say shoot, just to be clear, we mean take yeah. photos. <laughs> yeah. uh, sharks, yeah. Because they're, they're incredibly beautiful. And it, like, like a beverage reef, there'd be a, a slight current coming from the reef into the lagoon. So you could have a, a box of pieces of fish. And you could put a piece of fish in the coral. And you knew exactly where the smell trail yeah. was going. So you knew where the, the sharks were going to approach. So you could think, okay, I want the sun here. I want the shark here. So a bit I of fish is going there. I want the here. I need to put the fish here. It was like having a photo studio for the sharks. And they're very... This is what know, I do with dogs. I never had any trouble with sharks. Don't worry, I'm going to delete the dog bit out. No, you, can, you should leave it in because the comparison is, you know, one is a beautiful animal with teeth and one is, well, it's not a cat, shall we it's say. It's not a cat. Thank fuck for that. <laughs> Have you ever done any um, photography with tiger sharks? No. Okay. no. Never been in the water with a tiger. Right, okay. Not knowing. Please. Yeah, yeah, quite, yeah. It's like, <laughs> check behind me. Do you, oh, yes. um, you don't dive as much as you used to? No, I don't. Ah, you heard about my health issues. Well, I um, know that you've, you are a recovering heart attack person. No, no, that... I didn't have a heart attack. I had um, 
I had atrial fibrillation about two and a half years ago. You use very long words. Yeah. Well, not, not well, as long as quintessential. No, that's very true. I still don't know what it means, by the way. No idea what quintessential. I looked it before I came. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I tried to look it up and I still didn't understand it. But it's, it's, this, this just went, it's not, yeah, that's not what they said. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I was diagnosed with my, a mitral valve prolapse. And so I went to Bangkok and had um, a mitral valve repair which failed after a few months. So then I went back to Bangkok, they sliced me open again, and I had a mitral valve replacement. They put in a pig valve. Typical contractors. Yeah. They put in pig? A pig valve. Oh, okay. I can't remember. See, these <laughs> vegans are wrong. There are benefits to <laughs> yeah. eating meat. Yeah. Because if, if we were all vegans, he wouldn't have got that pig yeah. valve. That's true. Anyway, that got infected. Oh, damn oh. pig so valve. So I had to go back uh, a month Third or so time lucky? Like they gave me 50-50 chance of survival on the last one. Well, I kind of argue that most things are 50-50. It's either it happens or it doesn't. But. Yeah. Anyway, so they, they cut me open again and took out the pig valve and sewed up a hole that had appeared next to the valve and put in a slightly smaller valve, sewed me all up, and I survived. Another pig valve? or a Another pig valve, yeah. That's a incredible. And I survived. And, um, and, and when was this? Sorry, when, when was this? Um... Just over a uh, two years ago was the last. I, I think there's also a cracking picture of you in the hospital bed with about five or six ladies all around. Is yeah, it a hospital bed or on right. a sofa or something? I can't remember what it yeah, is, no, but there's, it's probably in there's this bed. iconic picture of just him lying there with these gorgeous ladies all yeah, around you, all think, smiling, looking yeah. happy. I mean, one of those photos, one was a doctor, and another one was a professor of nutrition or assistant professor of nutrition, Darren's friends, you know. Very well connected with, um, but yeah, so I was very lucky to survive. And this is a government hospital, no health insurance. What is your um, hold the phone? Yeah. What a government hospital, no health insurance. Oops, you got health insurance now. I can't get it. Would you insure me? Yeah, sure. What's okay, <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. There is um, so much more to unpick with you, yeah. But not not the stitch. So you can't. You, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. Actually, <laughs> so you can't dive at all now. No, I did. I I, I wanted to resume diving. Well, of course. Come on. <laughs> Again, what's um, the worst that could happen? Well, one of the great things about my whole episode was that twenty years ago in New Zealand, or thirty years ago in New Zealand, I met an underwater photographer called Daryl Torkler, and his wife is professor of um, like a cardiac. Uh, clinical sonography at Dunedin Medical School. Cool. So she knew all about Imagine everything. Imagine on your business card. Yeah. yeah. Big card. Yeah. yeah. A4, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I was able to sort of consult with her through the whole process. And um, I've got other friends who are in the medical industry in the US. And when I was thinking of resuming diving... One of them said, oh, you've got... Don't be so fucking stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that. <laughs> yeah said, contact this guy. He's a cardiac surgeon in Florida, and he's a technical diver, and he knows everything there is. So I, I messaged him on email. Uh, sorry, on Messenger, and he had the graciousness to reply. You imagine an American cardiologist replying to somebody in Phuket with advice. You think, well, if it goes wrong, I'll sue him. And, yeah, no, completely, but yeah. anyway, he, he graciously did. I followed his steps and resumed diving, and I went to the Simulans on, on Liverboard earlier this year, and Excellent. it was fun. When were you there? Um, 
April or something. Okay, because we were there in. On in smil- March. Smiling Seahorse. Okay. Originally, largely. Yeah, oh, it's beautiful. Though, isn't yeah. It? Yeah. And uh, it went fine. I, I'm not very good on the surface. My breath holding's not as good, and I really need a boat to pick me up rather than. I don't, I don't want to be swimming long distances on the surface. Oh, so sorry, when you meant the surface, you meant the surface of this, not on land right now. Yeah, was... yeah, on the surface of the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah I got a bit confused. Right, real liverpools have a dinghy to pick you up. Yeah. You know, yeah. None of the swimming back to the boat bollocks. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> anyway, so I was able to, to dive and take pictures, and um, you know, so I'm I'm still here and you've kicking. got so many. So listen, we're going <laughs> to ask your question in a minute because time is running out. Blimey. Is this book available for people to to get hold of? It's only available as an ebook. Okay, that's I, cool. I ha- had 200 copies printed, but by the last printing, it was so expensive to print because I was doing 20 or 50 at a time that it became too expensive. You know, I was charging 2000 for it, then it was going to have to go up to 2500 which is too much money for a book in Thailand. Uh, are we talking, are we talking bar, yeah, not yeah, dollars? Because yeah. I was yeah. thinking, that's <laughs> expensive. But you say that, the kids' books, when we go and buy, the kids' books are so expensive in Thailand. Are they? Any, any book, any yeah. bookshop. You, I mean, I bought them a... a it was an animal. It's actually a dog book. It was all dog breeds. <laughs> you I know. traitor. No, I know, but my she loves... They both love dogs. But it was like... Was white one thousand five hundred baht just for like a in you know, an A to Z of dogs. Wow. So books are really expensive in time. But we're going to put the link to this book, so the yeah. ebook. So then the ebook's on my website. Five bucks. There we go. Uh, PeteAtkinson Professional. Pro- yeah, Russell, your question. Uh, which one? Um, just easy, something, just something sensible. I don't know. <laughs> you look at no, no, it's no, not going to happen. No, no, no. I did have a question, and it's gone from me. So while I'm thinking about that, tell us what sort of things you have. On your bucket list. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I saw that on your list of. Uh, um, I would like to go back to Beverage Reef for long enough to, to get one of those special days. I've sailed there five times, no land, you know, in the mid- middle of the Pacific, to, to take pictures. And only on two days on those five visits has it been perfect conditions like you'd see in that picture at the Quintessential Gallery. Um, <laughs> You know, 80 you meter commission. <laughs> no, but if they sell a picture, it'd be great. Um, you know, 80 meter visibility is a very special feel mm. underwater with that clear water, and a biological slick coming off the reef to windward. Very light wind, so you've got these lovely caustic light patterns on the bottom. French Polynesia, I'd like to go back to Cuba. I'd like to go to. So, so mostly but, just travel-based. Yeah. But yeah, but I'm very happy being here. You know, if you've got to be stuck anywhere in a lockdown or a COVID crisis, being in Phuket with a wife that you love and a kitten is pretty oh, good. Two out of three is not bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was in the world of my own then. I was yeah, I noticed that. I, I no, just, no change. No, I was just thinking about the, what you said earlier. As I always do, my brain is very slow. The diving and the fish and the and the situation in, in Phuket, is that just because of overfishing and, and just, is there over-commercialization? Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I was the dictator here, um, I haven't been elected yet, but I think with dictators, it's not required. It doesn't matter. I, <laughs> yeah. um, I, would, I would ban all commercial fishing within, say, three miles of Phuket for 25 years. And I would compensate the fishermen accordingly so that they weren't out, out of pocket. And I think that would be beneficial. Well, look at yeah. PP. Well, example, I, I, right? I disagree with PP. I think, and this is sort of controversial, 
I don't think PP should have been closed. I don't think it should close my bank because it's a huge cash cow. But just in terms of what it's done for the ecosystem there. Well, I don't think it's done very much at all. The black tip resales come back, but they've come back from somewhere. They mm. haven't, you know, they haven't, there's been population explosion, I think, because of the close down. The thing is, with the money that's earned by Maya Bay, you can do so much good. Reinvest elsewhere. In, well, you can buy submarines. <laughs> you can do so much good in a place with so much poverty. Yeah. Um, so if people want to crowd it out and go snorkeling there, you know, snorkelers generally are not destroying coral. What, what destroys coral are cyclones and typhoons and water temperature rises. And it's got nothing to do with mm. tourism. So I, I would sacrifice my bay in a heartbeat and you use that money somehow mm. for I, beneficial I think things. that's the point is, you know, all these things you can, if you use the money wisely that it yeah. makes, and I think that's where it's not being used. It's oh, just yeah. going in other people's Someone pockets and, and that's true. not being used properly. Yeah. yeah, that's true. But that's a problem. That's a problem everywhere. Well, listen, we there. haven't even touched climate change. We haven't even touched the ecosystem. Let's not even go down that path. I can see your eyes <laughs> lighting up here. Um, Pete, it's been a pleasure. No, it's been a pleasure. No, and I, honestly, I want to see a hell of a story. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's so much more, and, and you know, that we could dive into. No pun intended. It was a pun intended. <laughs> I think, think about that joke the that whole time. Still is not pun intended. But we will put your links to your website um, into this podcast, Thank and you. you have got. You keep mentioning quintessential gallery, but you do have images and photography up there that people can there buy is, yeah, and well, artwork. And can people also buy stuff from your website as well if they need? Yeah, there is a print, a, a print, art print thing there. Okay, but they can Excellent. always just contact me through the website and uh, or find me on on Facebook. Honestly, thank you yeah. for doing this. Well, you're um, very welcome. I'm. You have put all your articles with you. We've got your book. This has just been yeah. amazing. I'm. I want to go in much deeper in some of your photography and this huge jellyfish. It's on the front cover. Fish our lens, we all lie. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, you're right. Pete, thank you very much. Cheers, buddy. Thanks, Thanks. Russ. Thanks, Cheers. Bye. Welcome to the outro. Well, that was a tad left of middle. You've not met Pete. Our paths have crossed. We've bumped it. Hi, how are you? We've met, we've met at various He's not still here. You don't have to say hello to him. He's gone there. No, I know, but they don't know that because they're listening, not, not watching. However, we, our paths have crossed and we've met at various points but we're not sort of sat down, had a chat and, and what have you. I like him a lot. He's so quirky and funny. And he, he was almost lining up jokes ready to go, which I really like. And I like the fact that, I mean, we've barely, we scratched the surface of the whole story. Mate, though, we've right? only cleaned a couple of barnacles off his hole, yeah. <laughs> so to speak. Nice little, you know. <laughs> or is that a euphemism? Nice yeah, I'm not really sure. Was, that was what I was looking for. Okay. I just got lost. Keep talking, I'm drinking. Okay, Russ was drinking his coffee. Oh, we haven't mentioned we're at Bake, by the way. We're at Bake. We're at bake. Good coffee at Bake, by the way. Thank you, Oh, bake. and they do those nice little um, cakes that they put on the side of your coffee, which are... I was going to say Battenberg, but it's not Battenberg. No, oh, Battenberg's I love a Battenberg though. cake. Oh, my ex-wife used to make Battenberg, which is actually really good. But it was like double the, the size the cake, of a normal not one. The eggs. Yeah, yeah. Well, she never laid eggs. <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, now I've got to think of what that thing's called. It's got the raspberry jam and it's almond... Oh, Bakewell? Bakewell, Bakewell tart. tart. That was it, yeah. Thanks, Russ. Anyway, oh, come to bake for their Bakewell tart. Yeah, and a coffee. And a coffee, because it's really good. Yeah, but back to Pete. Back to really Pete. interesting story. Like, um, I like, didn't wow, know. Wow, amazing story. Yeah, years on a boat. I mean, just buying a boat. Yeah but, yeah, but that's one thing of, 
living on a boat for 23 years. There's a bunch of people here in Phuket that have done that, but there's... We don't talk to many of them. Yeah, because they're idiots. But then there's the whole, I just fancied the life of Jacques Cousteau. I need a boat and I need to go scuba diving and I need an underwater camera and just basically, well, he didn't build the boat, but he built the housing, built a dinghy, went and did it. It's a great story. And he was it's doing that. It's a great that, story. You know, with, and again, doing it now is one thing, but like you were saying, doing it in the 70s and the 80s. Well, just the fact, I mean, you would never think of, I mean, look, I'm a sailor. Well, I was a sailor. I used to teach it. And to go on a yacht Jay, without... you've what? got the outfit. That's, I that's have it. the outfit. I've shaved off my my beard, which you haven't mentioned that I've shaved off my I was going to, I just haven't had time Bird's to say that you're no longer Captain Bird's Eye. I now have the, the gentleman um, up here has got an epic moustache. I know, his moustache is so yes. much better than mine. Yeah. I was really quite <laughs> upset about that. And he's, he's now yes. twiddling it. Yeah, just to piss you off. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so listen, I'm growing the moustache for a if little... If you want to be on the Jay the Shark and Friends... Comedy <laughs> character, and there's a guy in Bake that's got an awesome moustache, so I'm very jealous. Um, anyway, where were we? Pete, amazing story. I just think he's a he's a great guy. And I always see him with the beautiful ladies, and that's not I'm, I don't mean it like that. But he's a, just a nice guy, really very nice warm, guy, genuine, very lovely guy, funny, yes, and just a very very cool guy. And I wish I'd known him before, and now I do know him. I will be going out for a drink with him many occasions, quite, quite happily, because there will be great stories that yeah. are going to come out of that <laughs> yeah. one. Great stories, and I like I said, we only. Touched the the surface of the deep blue ocean with him. We did indeed. I see him in more analogies. I would like to. Know, I would like to. Would like. Can't even fucking speak. Would like to know more about some of his shark adventures. Yeah, what not your shark adventures because that's something different. All a good oh. title for a podcast. Um, It'd be an X-rated podcast that would be. <laughs> but no, he's got some great stories. I really like him. Uh, please go and check out his website yes, and do. please support him from a financial point of view for his pictures because there's a lot of people that steal pictures and it's not a yes. good thing. And he's worked really hard. I mean, mm. if, if you don't know images. kids, if you're not over the age of 20, we used to take pictures on a film, not seeing them yeah, straight away. Absolutely. And, and you'd yeah. take and like weeks him, to like, get them back. Wait and well, that's the th- other thing. I mean, waiting weeks and weeks, weeks and weeks. Oh, Just to get a bunch of images. Ah, oh, fuck. I got it wrong. I got it wrong. Oh, that, that seahorse moved. Yeah, oh, my thumb was like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Who's that in the background? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Bless him. No, all the links will be in the description below. So make sure you go and check that out. If you do want to be on the Jailer Shark and Friends and Russell podcast, you can just drop me an email at jailershark at gmail.com. I feel like we've already said this. Oh, I don't know why. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you want to go check us out on social media, camera on Facebook at Jailer Shark and Friends, but we're on the Twitter and on Instagram under Phuket Podcast. But the best place to go is phuketpodcast.com, where you will also find a range of other podcasts ably put together by Shark 13 Productions. Created and produced. Created and produced, ably. You can go and listen to Russell's podcast called Barkcast if you like dogs. You can indeed. It's a good or one. even if you don't like dogs, just absolutely go and listen. Anyway, anyway. It's good um, life's just good, Russ. COVID life's aside, amazing. Life's a bit mental Life right could now. Could not be better. On that note, we'll let you go. Thanks, Russ. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Cheers. Bye. Bye. <laughs>